And welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, it's episode 183, and today we're going to be delving into two movies that are shot in the snow. They're not necessarily related in any other way other than the fact that these were movies that were shot in cold-ass fucking weather. We were feeling like cold weather since it's hit over 100 degrees. Yeah, I think we're dreaming about it since fucking Arizona sucks so hard in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) So what are these snow movies we watched? Well, these snow movies that we watched are The Devil's Pass or just Devil's Pass. It's kind of weird because when this first came out, it was called The Dyatlov Incident. Uh-huh. Or something like that, I think. It had a different name, but then they had to change it. I see why. But it's called Devil's Pass, uh-huh. technically, from 2013. And we're also going to be talking about... Witches in the Woods from 2019. Yeah, well, it's... I think it just came out for us, but it was right. in it was in festivals. Right. You know, last year and everything like that. So, but yeah. So technically, I mean, I don't know, because I see two different dates. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I just go with the one that's on IMDb, because... Right. But but both of these movies were shot in the middle of the fucking in the snow. And one of them is actually based off of a true story that happened in Russia or in Siberia, I should say, um, that was a fucked up, crazy incident. So in a way, we're kind of doing you were doing our flesh and potatoes for like reviews of movies. But we're also kind of injecting a little bit of our ghost legends or crime into this episode. So it's going to be a pretty hearty episode uh, for people who like to delve into true life legends and stuff. Yeah, maybe just conspiracies, <laughs> just like weird stories that have never been answered and there's still ongoing investigations for. I mean, the Dyatlov Pass incident occurred in 59. Right. So, and it's still being investigated. In fact, it's been reopened recently. Yeah. This was like during the Cold War era. Right. That this happened during the Soviet Union. So it's really interesting. And the Witches in the Woods is a little bit different. It's a little bit more based off of New England, even though they they shot elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's folklore, is it? Yeah, I guess it is folklore (laughs) because it is because the witches and stuff in New England and, and stuff like that. And the stories about the woods and what has happened there. Right. So it's it's like kind of basing off of those fears. Fears of the unknown. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it. How have you been, Christina? How's your week been so far? Good. How are you? <laughs> She's lying. Yeah, I am. <laughs> she had a terrible night last night. Yeah, I did. I don't want to. I don't. We don't need it's to go fine, there. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. No, I'm glad you're feeling better, though. So thanks. Yeah, she's not sick with like COVID or anything. Don't worry, guys. But uh, I'm me? in pain. 
Me? How I'm, are you? I've been doing pretty good. You know, I'm in, uh, I don't know, just trying to stay busy, working a lot, trying to do stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. like always. But we're all trapped at home, so it's not like we got these, like, fantastic stories to tell. Oh, I went out to the river, and we had this amazing, although there are people out there right now doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you can go golfing out here now. <laughs> anyway. But I hope you guys have all been safe this week, and I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots! All right, so we decided to pick one of the movies that we watched, which is the Diat. I keep calling it the Atlov incident, <laughs> uh, but it's we chose Devil's Pass for this week, so we're calling this one a Colada Shada. <laughs> which is based off the mountain Kolot Sayakol, which is dead mountain, technically, or meager mountain. I've looked it up. There's a couple of different translations. In the movie, they call it the mountain of the dead, uh-huh. which just makes it sound cooler. But really, it's just dead mountain, meaning nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, because there really isn't. But uh, so what's in a Kolata Shada? Um, well, basically, it is a half a shot of vodka, whatever your choice. from Russia. Yeah, if you have some Stolichnaya, use that just to honor it. Also, you're going to be using Malibu rum. Then you're going to go ahead and, if you can, use some pineapple juice to just splash in there on the top. Uh And then you're going to put a wedge of pineapple on the rim and you eat that after you take the shot. Now, there's a a way that you got to do this shot, guys. You have to take off your shoes and socks (laughs) in order to take this shot, so... And or you it have to won't run. work. Yeah, it the won't magic work. won't work. Yeah, the magic. <laughs> the disrespect <laughs> of people's lives won't work. Um, no, but yeah, it's based on the movie, so we're just going there. So we're going to pour some vodka here. We don't have all the ingredients, so, you know, we're, you know, it's hard. It's hard to get out there and get all this shit anymore. Right. It's like a fucking goddamn nightmare to get anything sent to your house. So we're just going to do shots of Grey Goose. I'll pour a smaller one for you, Christina. Oh, you're not doing it? My stomach. Okay. Well, then I guess I will shoot. Sorry. It's okay. This you is for keep... you guys. I This is what I do for you guys and Christina won't. <laughs> Cheers. Nostrovia. Nostrovia. Heike. <laughs> it burns. My babushka. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That's the only thing I can I... say with a Russian accent. <laughs> Anyway, if you guys would like to try a colata shata, all you have to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our flesh and potatoes of cold as fuck horror movies with Devil's Pass First from 2013 and Witches in the Woods from 2019. Right now. guys so we're gonna kick off with devil's pass from 2013 yes and devil's pass is about a group of students go to the location of the infamous diatlov pass incident 
to make a documentary, but things take a turn for the worse as the secret of what happened there is revealed. Oh my god. <laughs> it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. It, it we got a really lot is. of trivia on this, so it, Good, we won't, when we get into the trivias, it, don't worry, you're not really going to be spoiling anything, by the way, guys. This is all spoiler-free right now, and when we get into like what the movie, what the actual incident happened, I've got a lot of information on that that I just find really fascinating, and I wanted to share with you guys. So stick around for that, and then I'll tell you when we get into our film trivia, which will ruin the movie and the scenes later. So we'll give you plenty of warning. Uh, this movie was directed by Rennie Harlan. Uh, he also did Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master, he, Die Hard 2, right. Cliffhanger, Booyah. Deep Blue Sea, Exorcist The Beginning from 2004, and The Covenant from 2006. Yeah, these are all like movies that <laughs> are just like good, but not like that good. <laughs> <laughs> Which, no offense, I still like them. I still watch right, them. I'd too. still watch every single one of those movies. I but wonder if it has something to do with the producers or something. I don't know. He's don't got either. talent. It's not oh, like yeah, he doesn't. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Um, this movie was written by Vekran Wheat. He's also done another horror movie in 2007 called Darkness Rising. Mm. And he also oh wrote- the tooth fairy one huh oh yeah do you remember in the lighthouse it was That's like the right. tooth fairy like weird one I forgot about or that collected one. children's teeth or some shit yeah that was weird yeah. it was a weird one I um, mean also wrote a a movie called The Worthy now this movie stars Holly Goss who plays Holly King this was pretty much her only main role she has done episodes of doctors and casualties and some like short films right um matt stokey who plays jensen he's done lots of voice acting for video games like final fantasy battlefield um he was also in a show called jamestown and cursed and he was also in the 2011 horror movie called hollow Mm, do you remember that movie i don't remember well there was hot the hollow then hollow so i get it i get i get those two confused because they were i believe they were around the same time oh yeah, that would make sense. I could be wrong. Luke Albright, who plays JP, he was in a 2017 movie called American Satan, which I swear to God I've seen. American Satan! It was it was about rock bands or something? I think so, yeah, yeah, where they sell their soul to the devil or whatever. Right, yeah, right. I think so, yeah. Right. Uh, he was also in a movie called Purgatory Road. Um, he was also in 12 Rounds, which is another Rennie Hartland movie. Okay, cool. Um, Gimma Atkinson, who plays Denise, is a British act- actress who was in the Night of the Living Dead 3D movie. Both the both the women are are British actresses. Oh, they both are. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But Gemi Gemma was in uh, Night of the Living Dead 3D from 2013. Yeah, not the one with Sid Haig, by the way. That no, was no. from 2006. This is a different one we found. It was a British TV, production. Yeah, that's kind of weird. A Night Wolf from 2010 and a TV series called Hollyoats. Oh, which was very successful. Yeah. That's where she got her career started. Yeah. 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 Couldn't find a budget on this movie, but it did pull in $5.3 million. At the box office. Box box office. I, I would assume that they probably, I mean, this is overseas, so it's like. You know, it ain't no easy adventure to shoot out in the fucking snow. And it's probably because he shot Cliffhanger that he felt comfortable with it. Because there's two different, there's so many different things that filmmakers do. And shooting in water and shooting in like 
snow, I can imagine being very difficult. Right. You know, like they talk about all the adventures in like the thing and how they shot up, you know, in this cold area. I mean, this isn't as cold as probably where the thing was shot. Right. But man, and we watched like, man, we watched some freaking pretty cool ship I uh, expedition unknown about this incident and they went to the actual, to the actual spot because they didn't and there film is it. no way that these people could have shot there anyway so what did you think about devil's past there alex buddy oh uh, uh, buddy <laughs> buddy <laughs> buddy so this movie is actually quite a surprise for a film it's it's based off the like we mentioned the diatlov pass incident which was Basically, an event in which nine Russian hikers died in northern Ural Mountains between February 1st and February 2nd, 1959. Uh, They basically were all from the Polytechnical Institute of Ural and had established a camp on the slopes of the Kolat Cycle, which is the Dead Mountain or Mountain of the Dead. Mountain of the Dead. Mountain of the Dead. Out of control. <laughs> but this is an area now named in honor of the group's leave, leader, who was Igor Dyatlov, who was the, the hiker, hiking leader who basically set these people out on this adventure. During the night, something caused them to f- panic, like crazy panic in the middle of the night and literally cut their way out of their own tent without shoes and socks running out into the fucking wilderness or maybe they did have shoes. They didn't, they didn't, they, they ran out in socks, but they got removed from other surviving members. Mm-hmm. So they tried to head for these like tree line and they all ran like completely underdressed for the weather, for the weather when they ran out of the tent too. They don't know why these people were out in sub zero temperatures, found shoeless. They were basically found in February 26th of 1959. There were four more bodies that were found two months later, one with a fractured skull, one with crushed ribs, and then one of them was actually with crushed ribs and a missing tongue and missing eyes. A couple of them had missing eyes, right? Yeah, two of them had missing eyes, apparently. Like, what the fuck? And the interesting thing that that kind of like adds to the like flair of this like really mysterious kind of thing that happened, the new bodies that they found two months later, there was like three of them by this like river bed or whatever, like this creek bed mm-hmm. or whatever. Two of them had the exact same clothes as the other people somewhere else. And they also had radiation on their outfits. But that has been explained and we'll talk about that later. All of the injuries that they had, they were found to be too heavy to be made by a human being. Some of them theorized that it was like about the snow that that caved in on them somehow and crushed their faces and their bodies. But there was like no injuries from the outside. It was all like it came from inside, which was really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Very weird. It, which, you know, of course, leaves a lot of room for speculation in the world, especially the, the whole missing tongue and the radiation, which we'll talk about later. But that story in itself is totally worthy of researching on its own. So seeing a movie with its lore and sort of like kind of extrapolating on its own concepts that are in the more occult version of what has happened because there's a lot of theories as to what happened because of all these different elements that are in place like missing tongues and eyes and all this crazy shit so radiation and why would right. they cut 
out of their tent in the middle of the night. Like, why is there radiation in the middle of the fucking the, forest the, or not, the, winter the, um, forest? Winter fucking mountain. Oh, yeah. Um, but it is an ongoing investigation in real life, and new evidence keeps popping up. There's a lot of really wild theories out there, and this is kind of like a, someone's personal take on it. Now, it's not exact. As to everything that happened, you know what I mean? Like, there are some coincidental things that happened that they explain in the movie. But the acting in this, I thought, was actually average to good. Like, they did a pretty good job. They're believable. Totally believable. Some of the writing they had to make the dialogue flow kind of suffers a little bit. And some of the situations that were written don't exactly fit perfectly for a found footage film. Because, like, with me... You have to like nail that kind of realistic kind of believability. And sometimes I'll remove myself if the story's interesting enough to warrant me to overlook some of those kind of minor gripes and flaws, which, you know, with a found footage film, if, if it doesn't have believability to it and you have to suspend your disbelief too much, a lot of people just don't like found footage because of that. Right. Plus, there is some of the CGI in this that's also a little shoddy, but very shoddy. Yeah, like <laughs> it really is. But the story is really the, the 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 reason that makes me interested in this movie. Right. Like, just the idea of it is just so fucking cool. Like, you really have to appreciate the overall story on this on a reality basis as well as the story of this movie. But anyways, it suffers with a few issues with the movie as a whole. But it's totally watchable and people who like weird real life stories that, you know, are super creative and kind of explain sort of some of the like mythos behind this whole incident that happened in 1959 and why there was such a cover up and everything like that is really interesting. And I think for those people who can tolerate uh, found footage films, I think this is actually a pretty decent one. Right. I think it's a it's a it's a miss for some people, though, but I really think it's pretty decent for a found footage flick just because of that story. Again, it's hard to talk about what happens in the movie without spoiling it. But let's just say it goes there with like some of the wildest shit ever. Right. And it even takes on another event that happened in history and kind of embraces it, too. That is kind of like a folky occult legend sort of thing Mm -hmm. that happened in the U.S. But it just makes it interesting for me. Probably a 7 or 7.5 for me. I'd probably say 7.5. Like it doesn't hit the 8 mark, but it's still really interesting uh, and fun to watch. It doesn't dismount perfectly or even have those amazing moves but it's incredibly interesting and it stimulates your mind if you're creative and not a bad found footage film so i'd say probably 7.5 for me that makes sense yeah what about you though me i thought it was good this is called devil's pass i have to mention that i've hiked the devil's pass trail on the grand canyon i've backpacked that so oh. I, you know i just try to mention that because was I'm there very, snow i'm very proud of myself no but it was like 100 degrees so it was kind of <laughs> like the opposite yeah <laughs> yeah but this was my second time seeing the film okay um i think we watched it when it first came out i know i've seen this movie at least two three times this will be my third time i'm pretty sure yeah. now so yeah like i've gone back to it because i liked the story yeah i like the story too i didn't remember the ending so it was nice to really have to watch it watch it well, it's because it goes fucking batshit crazy yeah, it does go batshit crazy it doesn't make a lot of sense but it's super cool to think about <laughs> But I love the premise of the movie and like you said, like how they took the real event. Um, that was such a mystery, a cold case, and they try to explain it 
all the way through mm-hmm. with them going back in current times. Um, I felt it worked well as a found footage movie, even though I don't understand how the, the footage was discovered. Like, they didn't really explain, like, how they, they, well, the there's a reason, they but didn't, they didn't really say why. Yeah. But I like. Does it matter? Right. But, but me saying that, it's because the beginning of the movie, they made it seem like it was a, a docu, a documentary about these kids going and, and going where those, People yeah. went in nineteen. Retracing the steps yeah. and then befalling the same ill fate. Yeah, and then they never explained how they got the footage. That's why I, I <laughs> brought that <laughs> up. I just want to be a little like bug on the wall, you know, to like right. watch the issue. Like, I don't really <laughs> care how I got to the reality because <laughs> I know so it's funny. not real. Um, <laughs> since it was based on the actual event, I like how they used the real pictures from the incident. From 1959. But what annoyed me about this film was I don't understand how students from Oregon could go all the way to Russia without a translator or a local guide to guide them through this terrain. Because even with That's a good point. When yeah. we were watching um, Expedition Unknown, I started laughing because he brought like a team of like 20 people and half of them were from the location. Right. And, you know, one of them, you know, he had a bunch of translators. And it's like, that's what you do when you when you go so you don't get in danger. But anyway, that bothered me. But right. other than that, I thought the movie, it did spark more of my interest in the event. And I really enjoyed how they tried to explain the mystery of it all as a found footage. So I gave it a 7 out of 10 as well. Okay, so we're about on the same page. Yep. Yeah, it has a little bit of like, you know, reality breaking shit uh, in it, but it's really not that bad. Like you, I think you'll be swept up by the story. I've, I've been that movie in particular got me into the Dyatlov pass incident. And then from there, I even went and played the game called Colot. Oh, which was actually pretty cool. It's a little slow uh, towards the end, but overall it was a pretty about the same average, like 7.5 experience uh-huh. uh, for a survival horror game. So if you're interested in this story and you kind of want to go down the rabbit hole with that, you'll want to watch that sh- or play that game, I should say. Uh-huh. So is it like Oregon Trail? No. And like you die. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you're like one person stuck in the middle of like all of this like weird shit. And there's like ghosts and stuff. It's kind of interesting. But yeah, I don't know. I just I just really think the the whole story is pretty fascinating, although it could probably be explained away. Uh, it's it's really a mystery as to why all these people had reacted the way they were. And we're going to go ahead and attempt to explain the history of this and everything that happened just for the most part and what some of the mythology about it and some of the like unexplained things like what people have come up with as to what why this thing happened and, you know, and just explain some of that to you right now. So we're going to go over that a little bit and then we'll get into some of our favorite scenes afterwards. So you don't have to worry about anything spoiling the show or the movie, (laughs) you know, but from both of us, we give it a 7.25 for the most part. So it's, it's definitely worth a watch. Right. Doesn't mean it's going to be your favorite movie ever, but you can respect it. Right. Nonetheless. So some of the history uh, and trivia on this incident, there was one survivor of the nine who did bounce out of the party. So there was 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't know why he left early. And people had a lot of questions about that. They never documented did it like of course no one... they talked to him and everything he oh. was part of all of like describing what they had there and all of that it wasn't like he was just disappeared or anything he was very a part of the investigation 
Oh, so what? So why did he end up leaving the group? I don't know. They didn't explain. Oh, okay, that's weird. But his name is Yuri Yudin. He was one of the people that identified a lot of the objects found at the site, but he wasn't aware of a few things like that were on them or around them, I guess I should say. Like they said that there was military cloth, skis, goggles, and he thought perhaps the military might have found them before the bodies were publicly found, Hmm. which they've actually kind of come up with some pretty damning evidence stating that they did find or at least have an investigation for them long before they were found. Mm. dead you know wow so the aftermath of this whole situation there was like a lot of people journalists and things like that who decided to publish novels and things like that about this whole story so in 1967 sverdlovsk writer and journalist yuri yarovoy published the novel of the highest degree of complexity which was inspired by the incident Yarovoy had been involved in the search for the Dyatlov's party and at the inquest as an official photographer during both the search and the initial stage of the investigation. And so he had a lot of insight into the events. And the book was written during the Soviet era when details of the incidents were just kept secret because a lot of this stuff was like hush hush. A lot of people were like, that's where this conspiracy stirs from is the fact that the government didn't like was literally yanking down flyers from their funerals and like they didn't want anybody to know about it. And so a lot of that that causes a lot of conspiracy. Right. So but this is in 67. He had avoided revealing anything beyond the official position and well-known facts. And the book romanticized the accident and had a a much more optimistic end than the real events. Uh, Only the group leader was found deceased. Uh, Yarovoy's colleagues say that he had alternative versions of the novel, but both were declined because of censorship since Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since his death in 1980, all his archives, including photos, diaries and manuscripts, have been lost. So they pretty much lost. Right. Yeah, They seized the shit out of that. Right. Anatoly Gushin, another person, summarized his research in the book called The Price of State Secrets is Nine Lives. Some researchers criticized his work. This came out in 1990, by the way. They re- they criticized his work for its its concentration on the speculative theory of a Soviet secret weapon experiment. But the publication led to public discussion and stimulated by interest in the paranormal. Many of those who had remained silent for 30 years reported new facts about the accident, and one of them was the former police officer named Lev Ivanov, who led the official inquest in 1959. But in 1990, he published an article which included his admission that the investigation team had no rational explanation for the incident. And he also stated that after his team reported that they had seen flying spheres, he then received direct orders from high ranking of regional officials to dismiss this claim. So So even after the Soviet era, era, they didn't want this getting out. Because it was aliens. Totally. Maybe. Totally. There's people who think it's the Yeti, like an abominable snowman, and they also think it's aliens. Right. Maybe they're all the same. Maybe. Maybe they're time-traveling Yeti alien um, (laughs) (laughs) conspiracy government officials. This is out of control. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> in, in 2000, a regional television company produced the documentary film The Mystery of the Dyatlov Pass. With the help of the film crew, a uh, Yekaterinburg writer, which is where all these, I think a lot of the uh, the closest big town near. Mm-hmm. Um, it's many hours away, but it's, a, it's, a, it's where the Soviet Union would build a lot of their um, weapons and uh-huh. where the military was powerful was in that and was shut oh, off. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that area was shut off to, to foreigners to the U.S. and people for many, 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 many years. Right. Because because of that. But anyway, so in Yekaterinburg, writer Anna Matveyeva published a docudrama novella of the same name. A large part of the book includes broad quest quotations from the official case diaries of victims in interviews with searchers and other documentaries collected by filmmakers. And the narrative line of the book details the everyday life and thoughts of a modern woman, an alter ego of the author herself, who attempts to resolve the case despite its fictional narrative. Her book remains the largest source of documentary materials ever made available to the public regarding the incident. In addition, the pages of the case files and other documentaries, like photocopies and such, are gradually being published on a web forum for enthusiastic researchers, which we met the woman in that show, Unknown Expedition, or Expedition Unknown. Oh, that Teddy lady? The Teddy woman, who is, she is the sole bearer of all that information. Wow, that's crazy. Um, They even have a foundation that's formed in 1999 at uh, where uh, with the help of the Ural State Tech Technical University led by Yuri Kuncevich. He's a, uh, it's to continue the investigation on the case and to maintain a museum to preserve the memory of the dead hikers. He has everything. Mm. Like he has like their cameras that they were able to salvage. Oh, their they, diaries. Yeah. They have diaries. They have like, f- like negatives that they've print. You could like check out the pictures that were on these people's cameras at the time because they were able to salvage the actual. It's, it's, the negatives. it's so funny because one of the questions I had during the movie was like, I was like, where did they get all these pictures? I was like, this can't be well, real, but because yeah. they were part of the they were going on this um, student student um, adventure. Yeah, thing. they were told to document. document. It. Yeah. So after so that multiple was of them I was had like, it. Oh, OK. That's why there was so many pictures. Right. Plus, they also had people come in and take pictures when they were investigating everything. Right, right. So, but most people thought that the reason that these people died was because of an avalanche, which was accepted back then, way back, as fact. But a lot of information has come out that proves that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that people think, you know, one, their bodies were found within a month after they were barely covered in snow. Mm-hmm. Like, why would their bodies be barely covered yeah, in snow that far? Right. And yeah, and there was no patterns that, that, you know, would show that there was any kind of avalanche, even in that time, you would still see patterns in the snow. Right. Even if there was snowfall, uh, their injuries would have been much more serious if they were in an avalanche. Mm-hmm. So, two, the Dyatlov, Igor Dyatlov was an experienced skier and much older Zolotaryov, who was one of the other hikers, was studying for his master's certificate in ski instruction and mountain hiking. And neither of these two guys would have been likely to camp anywhere in the path of a potential avalanche. Right. They would know better. Yeah, they would know better. Right. And even when they went to the site on Unknown Expeditions or Uh Expedition Unknown, keep getting (laughs) that fucking name fucked up. They were like, yeah, it's possible, but it's really, really low that it would affect them. Right. So three, 
The footprint patterns leading away from the tent were inconsistent with someone, let alone a group of nine people running in panic from either, you know, a real or imagined danger. In fact, all the footprints leading away from the tent, which they cut themselves out of, by the way, they did tests on this. Yeah, out of the tent. They cut right. themselves out They of the saw tent. punctures from, uh, you know, yeah. But uh, all the footprints leading away from the tent and towards the woods were consistent with individuals who were walking at a normal pace. So, so what scared them to make them panic and run out in their socks and right. bare feet? In different directions. Well, no, they all sort of ran towards the woods to get shelter. Like they knew enough to get shelter because trees block the wind. Well, yeah, but those those three were found down by that river. Right. With Months smashed later. faces, yeah. smashed ribs, missing, missing eyes, eyes, missing tongue. But they, they, they also talk about how a- insects and animals could have like eaten their eyes and I faces out. I have a question out. about that. Do animals and insects, can they live in that cold of a weather? I don't know. To, and, yeah, I don't know either. I, I wouldn't think like there'd be I would birds think they would be shit. hibernating and shit. But yeah, maybe birds. Yeah? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Some theorize that it was a Yeti, but that's pretty much a joke. Because they, there was like one picture in the roll of like some of their, their cameras. Oh yeah. It looks where like it was it. like, it looks like a fucking Yeti or something like that. But then you see the next picture after it, it's the same guy it's and hiker, he's just like in the clothes, distance. Yeah. yeah. It's not that. No. There had also seen bright orange orbs in the sky around that time. Like their last pictures they took on their camera were right. of light, bright flashes of light. Yeah, which they can't, you know, like some of it is from water damage and shit like that, but they were able to, to, to expose it enough. But there were some really bright lights. Yeah, and one of the cameras was found around one of the bodies. So he was obviously like taking pictures. Right before they started right freaking be- out. Yeah, right before they were freaking out or as they were walking. But they also cut themselves out. So it's yeah, really it's so strange. Weird. But in the movie, they call it flares. Like, oh, there were flares. They oh, were shooting to get orange help. Orange lights or something. Yeah. Other theories are military tests. Like the, the this one in particular is about they were woken by loud explosions, which they fled the tent in like a shoeless panic and found themselves unable to return for supply retrieval. After some of the members froze to death, attempting to endure the bombardment, others commandeered their clothing only to be fatally injured by a subsequent parachute mine concussions. Uh, there are indeed records of parachute mines being tested by the Soviet military in the same area around the time the hikers were there. And parachute mines, what they do is they drop, you know, from the air and they detonate while still in the air, rather upon striking the earth. Uh-oh. And they produce very similar injuries to those experienced by the hikers. Heavy internal damage with comparably less external drama. So it's like this heavy impact on their body. Which might explain missing eyes and... I don't know. Tongue. It does coincide with, like, different, you know, reported sightings of glowing orange orbs floating or falling in the sky within the the same vicinity. Mm Mm-hmm. But the other thing that they were saying is that they're alleging that the testing of the radiological weapons and is partly based on the discover of radioactivity on some of the clothing as well as the bodies being described by relatives as having orange skin and gray hair. Mm -hmm. But it would have affected all of the hikers rather than just a couple. Mm -hmm. And then it's later found out that those two guys also worked in a nuclear power facility of some sort. So they could have been wearing that. They would have already had radiation on the clothes. Yes. So that is also. But, you know, 
and their skin discoloration can be explained by just mummification after three months of exposure, mm-hmm. you know, to cold, cold air and winds. Speaking of winds, there's also another theory where they talk about like maybe they had this catabatic wind, which is like these violent winds. It's like this weird anomaly, a weather anomaly that happens in a specific area, almost like a microburst. Uh-huh. But the weird thing about that is, is that their tents were still functionally up. Right. So if there was these violent winds, yes, yeah, they may have left their tent. I don't know why they would have cut themselves out. Right. But they would have tried to put on all their clothes and leave right away just in case. And the tent would be gone. Right. Down. Another theory is infrasound, which is also could be made through wind as well. Um, it's like a low frequency that causes people to go kind of crazy. It was also um, popularized by Donnie Iker's 2013 book called Dead Mountain. So that he thinks that, you know, they might have fled and because they were like going crazy by this infrasound. Yes, yeah, they were camping in the middle of the pass. Right. Yeah, the wind could have. Plus, there's also something. another thing called, <laughs> and they talk about this in the movie too, called paradoxical undressing, mm-hmm. where it's, it's a real thing that, you know, when you get hyperthermia, you can it can induce a behavior known as paradoxical undressing in which hyperthermic subjects remove their clothes in response to perceived feelings of burning warmth. So you want to shed your clothes because suddenly your body feels like it's on fire. So weird. But it's really cold. Right. It's like opposite. Right. You know, they even proved that some of them tried to tear off clothes off of dead people to try to survive because mm-hmm. their arms were up. Right. Which means that they like pulled off their jackets and stuff in the snow. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting there. And as I've mentioned, there's new evidence that keeps popping up with even Expedition Unknown. One fact as recent as this past year where they found a letter that is dated 10 days after the hikers were due back. So it would be the 15th. I think it was the 15th. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So this was shown on uh, that show and it was dated February 15th, 1959, about a prosecutor who was writing to an investigator about this situation on the 15th. They didn't find these bodies or didn't get publicly announced until the 26th. Right. And they That's even crazy. found more articles of 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 this investigation dating to the 6th of february which is like four days after Uh, they went out there that's crazy because especially during that time it isn't like you have gps locators and shit like how do they know well they probably they didn't come back but would you give them a few days i mean would you be panicked and back in 1959 if you heard bombs going off i mean i probably would have too well yeah but i just mean why did the investigators like wait like it seems like they kind of rushed the gun. Well, we're talking about them. Soviet, you know, the Soviet Union, right? These KGB style fucking cover up. The, you they, know, they don't want to look bad. They don't want to look like they made a mistake. They don't, you know, they fucked up. They might have fucked up. It doesn't they necessarily mean that they they did it intentionally or something like they that. They did but, it to cover up the aliens, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's this is how aliens. conspiracies start is because mm-hmm. they do this weird shit like that doesn't make any sense. So people start coming up with their own ideas. But it could be a cover up. It could just be mishandling documents. You know, it's definitely they were trying to suppress the exposure of this story because of all the you know when they were passing out flyers and putting up flyers for the deaths of these people, right? They were tearing them down. Right. So, you know, I don't know what it is. Another theory was to blame the Mansi villagers, which are these uh, indigenous people of this area that were living close to where the incident took place. 
these villagers were suspects in the very beginning. And they were actually the ones that went out and helped them search and find his evidence. So that's disproven. There was also another one about gulags, gulags that were nearby, which are prisons where they would keep these prisoners and work on mining under in these like really dangerous conditions. Imagine being in the middle of the fucking we're talking like Antarctica, negative 25 degree tundra, like fucking cold. You are not going to run away from that. They didn't even have that strict of fucking guidelines. If those people would have run out into the middle of nowhere. Oh, they would have died. They would have died. Totally. So there's no escaping it. And there's no way that the conditions that they kept them in, that they would be able to go out and just kill these people and da, 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 da. Yeah. And all their stuff was there. So there's no way that someone would go kill those people and not take their stuff. Right. So it's interesting. I mean, what what would make you cut your way out of a tent? Aliens. <laughs> yeah, but why, how would they see if they're in an enclosed tent with no windows? What do you mean? They, how would they know that there's... They fu- always know. You know what probably happened is they probably saw something. They saw something through the tent. No, there's no way. And then they heard something. They probably heard they loud booms out. of like bombs going off. Yeah. And they thought they were going to die. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what happened. There was probably no aliens. But why didn't they just open the tent? Why did they have to cut it? Or well, I guess there was 10 of them. Maybe it caused Nine like a slight avalanche nearby and that made a rumble too because of the fucking concussion sounds, you know, that are blowing up in the air that mm-hmm. the, the military was training with and they didn't realize that these people were out there. They panicked mm-hmm. um, because it was such a powerful like... Boom, right. you know, they start cutting their way out and they because like there's no way that you would just your first natural reaction to going out and risking that kind of temperature, negative 25 degrees is not to run out in fucking. Right. You know, cold. socks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These people traveled 10 days in the snow. They know what cold is like. Right. You know, so I don't know. It's interesting. It's interesting. Do you guys know about this incident? Have you read about this incident? Is it the first time you've ever heard of it? I thought it would be kind of interesting to share some of our thoughts on it before we got into the next movie. But we can get into some of the film trivia here to kind of talk about that. There wasn't a whole lot to go by because there's really only one DVD and it's like 40 bucks to get online, which I still want to get because I like this movie. Someday. In the movie, there's a character. And this is the spoiler section, by the way, guys. So if you don't want anything spoiled, totally understand. There's timestamps down below. You can skip to the next movie for the spoiler-free section for that. You have been warned. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so there's one character, J.P. Hauser. He's the, the, the hiking master, right? Right. He's the guy with the fucking Himalayan hat. Right. On that he went out to the Himalayas for like three years or some shit like yeah. that, didn't he? Something like that. He was just talking because his, his GPS, he's like, I never did this in the Himalayas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, his name is J.P. Hauser, and they're in front of the Hauser Hall in the University of Oregon, which there is no such place. Oh. They did shoot this movie in Russia, actually. Oh, they did? But it was not at the site. Oh, Okay. You know, that is just way that would be too, too much. Dangerous. Dude, watching Unknown Expedition and watching them travel oh out God. for three like three days essentially to get to that from uh Kutan Yaren. Oh, and they had it easy because the guys went out ahead of time and like pitched all their like these they weren't even tents, they were like mobile. Yeah, it like, was like units. a sleeping area, yeah. like place to prepare food and yeah. like all this other shit. But they did shoot in Russia. It was Kirovsk and Murmansk Oblast in Russia. Those are the two places. 
They did have to wing a lot of the shooting because of the weather. They even filmed in places where avalanches apparently had killed people previous to like years before. Mm -hmm. But they had like a specialist go out and go, okay, you're good. Uh huh. (laughs) You know, (laughs) which is still, you know, it's a little scary if you're an actress or an actor. You know what I mean? Like, like I could actually die out here doing that. Like, welcome to film, bitches. They had someone who would give them, like, the go-ahead, though. So, I mean, I would probably feel much better knowing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So, that's pretty much the only bit of trivia that I found on this. Oh, really? Yeah, and I had to do some pretty de- decent digging for that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Because this is a good movie. I don't... I know. I don't know. Most people don't even know what this movie is about or what... They've never heard of it or anything like that. So, it's surprising. I mean, the... Um, of course, Eric... I think it was Eric Mifford who said that he liked that movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, of course he's seen it. (laughs) Eric does all of our, like, top, you know, everything on the website. Um, Top top list. Well, not just top list, but just, like, articles, whatever. He's seen a lot of movies. He's not afraid of watching, like, garbage. (laughs) Uh, But this isn't garbage. Um, So now we have some scenes. Uh, Where did it first catch your interest? I mean, yeah, they do a lot of, like, the, like, explaining of the history and stuff like that. Right, right. But what, like, where was the first pivotal moment that was like, oh, what's I going think on? When they were in Russia, they first got to Russia and they went to that bar and they they do shots or whatever. Yeah, they did the, the shots. same shots that those kids. But, yeah, did. that really caught my interest. That they're like, they did this before. There was a picture up there. And- yeah, which by the way, these are like twenty to twenty four. There was like one thirty five year old or something like that on this hiking crew. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like between 20 and 35. Right. Most of them all 20 to 24. Right. So they're college kids. Yeah, college kids. Yeah. But yeah, you I I wanted to find out what kind of like vodka that was that they were taking a shot of, but Oh, they said it was like a Russian moonshine. Right. So it's like a homemade It's like a stronger vodka. vodka. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. It did not look good. Um, My first thing was when they found the footprints out of nowhere mm-hmm. and then they would like reappear in other places, so like they woke up from sleeping and then they saw footprints everywhere. Oh, yeah. And that then they were creepy. like, it just stops here <gasps> oh. in the middle of nowhere. And you know what makes me angry is they started they started blaming her. Like they, they were thinking that she, the main girl, she was putting the footprints on there to freak them out. Right. Well, it was her documentary and they thought she was trying to force the story, the narrative to freak them out to get the footage that she wanted. Right. So... Anything else that you remember? Well, they, uh, when they got to the weather box and she opened up the weather box, so there was a tongue in there. Right, which is using some of the original lore. Mm-hmm. Missing tongue, which could have been birds. Something. Yeah, so, something. I don't know. They didn't really show it. Why but would... But the, but the thing is, is like, yeah, I mean, like, that, I know that soft tissue, but why wouldn't they just eat the face? I guess because it was frozen over and it wasn't as soft and malleable. If, I don't if, know. If, if animals weird. or something were eating their tongue and their eyes... Birds have known, but been known to eat like eyes and stuff like that out in the wild, I guess. I don't know. So that kind of makes sense, I guess. But the tongue in the weather vein or whatever it was that was frozen over was pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was cool. She also Holly. Uh huh. She tells her story about the dream that she had about the 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 Kalat Mountains, and she said that she had dreamt of it beforehand, and that's why she wanted to come out there. That she dreamt of this door in the middle of the mountain, which they end up finding, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. I thought that was cool too, and I'm glad they mentioned it too. Right, She's like it's my dream. Right, and she finds that door. And they can't open it up. It locks on the outside to keep something in. And he, of course, Molly wants to go and open it. But they can't because it's frozen solid. 
And Jensen, who is like the camera guy, he's like, no, dog, you don't just open doors that lock from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you lock a door? Open a door that, yeah. That is locked from the outside. Yeah. God put that there for a reason. <laughs> what is that, the Goonies? Oh, yeah, I think so. The Rock? Right. God put that there for a reason and all the bats fly up. <laughs> um so then um the big thing were, happens. The big thing happens. They hear like booming and booming and then you charges think, going off, sending off an avala- avalanche. Yeah, a little avalanche starts and then a little. It oh, kills two people. Oh, oh, well, kill two people and then they started running and then Well, it kills one and injures the other. Yeah, so the other because guy the, who the, was injured. Yeah, the guy's trying to get a trail hook up with this the camera the boom operator girl. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And she doesn't know she isn't able to get her clothes on in time. She gets taken over by the avalanche and he gets severely injured. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting there and then they shoot off a flare. And then these two guys start walking up and we're like, hey, we saw your flare. And then the one guy was like, those guys, they, they shouldn't be here because they didn't have packs on. I'm glad. Yeah, like, how are they out. traveling with no packs? Yeah, on. they're they're not here. And then he told them to run. So they started running towards the door. Right. And they shoot him in the head right away. It's like, bang! Right. They shot nice one shot, the too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they go running up to the door in the mountain, which she throws hot water on somehow. That's what I thought, yeah. I don't know because how they got it was, in. It was frozen shut, so they were able to get it open. But of course, they go in the place that's locked on the outside, and the two guys that are chasing after them lock them in. Right. <laughs> which is like, I don't know if this is the best idea. <laughs> But I mean, I guess if you were forced between else to go, yeah, like somebody shooting you and like, yeah. I guess you would go there. I don't know. Well, they had to go there because you have to see why those other people died. Right. <laughs> there was this really cool part, though, when they go in, like, you know, they got all these like old underground lights and it's like this tunnels like going everywhere. And they happen upon like this laboratory or research and there's papers everywhere. And one of them recognizes the pictures of the U.S. Eldridge of the Philadelphia experiment. And they actually point out, well, that's where they were doing teleportation uh, research on like, you know, traveling between time and stuff like that. Because if you guys remember, if you've never heard of the Philadelphia experiment, there is a and we don't even know if it's actually a real experiment that happened, by the way. But there is a movie that is based off of it called the Philadelphia experiment, which is about this U.S. naval ship that they were doing supposed testing on. Uh, it's never been confirmed that this actually took place, but there were reports of people that were messing around with some sort of technology that would like basically make them invisible to other ships so that they could travel around without being seen and get the upper hand on attacking places. Mm-hmm. And it went wrong and they traveled in through some dimension through time and people were like welded inside of the fucking hull of the ship. So like bodies and stuff. And in the movie, it's so cool. You see that that whole scene of people like stuck in the fucking ship. Oh, yeah. They and it's pictures, so fucked yeah. up. Like it's fucking crazy. And they go through this like fucking Doctor Who tunnel, you know. But, <laughs> but anyway, they link that to this experiment so that it kind of co- coordinates with each other mm-hmm. so that it's like the same technology around the same time that they were studying and they were kind of using it so i thought that was really cool i love that yeah i did too and they abandoned it like that was kind of cool too they abandoned the experiment. yeah because they knew that they had fucked up they were messing with shit that was beyond their control so then there were these creatures in right. the in the tunnel as they're and now they're trying to escape the creatures and they end up eating the other guy who got shot. And so then all of a sudden they end up in this like 
closet thing. Well, with- there's like all these different like hull doors that they keep opening and keep going deeper and deeper into this like laboratory, this underground laboratory. And like they find this one door that opens up into like, like a, a test- laboratory. Yeah, room. like a testing thing. They and find their their camera. They yeah. find their camera. That was a cool scene. They find their own camera. They're like, oh, it's exactly Video like camera. mine. And then they, it's like batteries about to die. And then they like. Which makes no sense. Yeah. They like fast forward it just enough to see them going up to the camera. Yeah. Videotaping themselves watching the that camera. Like they obviously time traveled somehow. Yeah. Which is really weird. But then they end up time traveling. <laughs> yeah. Like how did that happen? That's confusing. <laughs> Like, because you would think that they would have, yeah, like, that doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah, the battery wouldn't be working, like, how many years later? 40 years later? Uh, unless it traveled through time, again. I doubt it. Well, maybe the, the mountain kept the battery preserved. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, they matter. find a body in the in there, too, that was, like, freshly dead within a week. Remember? Yeah, that, that, that was The weird. tongue was missing? Yeah, because that was the tongue that was in the weather box. What did you think of the creatures that were, like, that they run into? Because there's all these, like, future thems, I guess, that are mm-hmm. running around, like, all melty-faced and, like, running around on the all fours. CGI was horrible. CGI is really bad. It was really bad. But they had to do things with it to make them warp. So it was like they were time jumping. So they would like throw something at this creature and it would be like. So it like bakes their bodies and their brains. I don't know about that. I just mean like they would disappear and come back Uh at different times. So it was like they warped in and out of reality. Right. Like they're ghosts. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like, I did, I thought that the CGI was bad, but the idea of it was really cool. Right. That somehow, because they were a part of this experiment, they were able to have the power to, like, warp, even though they're, like, nothing shy of, like, beasts mm-hmm. that have no, like, real brain. They're just, like, mindless beasts that can warp. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, if, if they were really intelligent, would they be able to warp back to 20 years ago or 20 years forward? Obviously not. Well, they, th- those creatures, besides that, those creatures chase them into one room where they find a portal in the wall in this cave. And they throw rocks through it. And they're like, what is that? And they just come to the idea that it's a portal. And so they like, they're trapped in there because they got all these fucking weird murderous creatures that eat people that warp around. They decide to go through the, tar- the portal like, fuck it, you know? Yeah. What else are we going to do? But they had to think about where they were going to end up. So they thought, let's p- portal to outside the door. We'll just go back outside of the door. The right. Because well, they come to the conclusion that, well, this was here before they started researching it. So it has to go somewhere. We just don't know where. And you find out it's the past. <laughs> like, OK, which is cool. Right. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. They like teleport outside of the door. So at first you're like, oh, they made it, but they're dead. (laughs) So they're like these sausage bodies that like (laughs) burned up. And then you see like some Russian guy, some like military guy. He's like, we found two more bodies. And they were like, he's like, put them inside. He's like, put them in a separate cage. And they threw their camera where they found it. Right. Yeah. So you realize that it's the past Mm -hmm. when the Dyatlov incident happened. Happened. Yeah. And they're like, because like earlier in the movie, they interview this aunt who is on the scene of the crime or the the incident when they go to investigate how they died. And she's like, there was 11 bodies, not nine. I saw it with my own eyes. Do you believe your own eyes or do you believe (laughs) what you've been told? (laughs) You can hear you echo. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
anyway. Help me, you make me laugh. But they were the they were number ten and eleven. Yeah, they were the fucking creatures. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Like they didn't die. I don't know. They were like on hooks at the end. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that. Don't what understand. did you think though? Like, I mean, you know. The end, like it was cool. Like the concept was cool. I don't think they executed it well, but it was still cool. It leaves a lot of questions, but in the same regard, it's so cool. The idea of like being able to, these creatures became from like warping through some portal Mm -hmm. and somehow changed them and aged them and made them immortal and like almost like zombies. Zombie vampires. (laughs) Or yeah, really? I guess it would be, huh? Maybe they're the vampires from 30 Days of Night. Maybe. But a more dumbed down version. I thought it was really cool, though. Like, I really enjoyed that. I mean, even though it's a little schlocky. Schlocky locky. But we do have another movie that takes place in cold as fuck horror land. <laughs> and uh, this one is called Witches in the Woods from 2019. Right. The story is about Jill, a tenacious UMass freshman, abandons her studies for an off the grid snowboarding adventure. When their SUV mysteriously becomes lost, uh, temperatures fall, and the group dynamic unveils as a vir- virtual and then literal witch hunt begins. Burr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's cold. Okay. It's cold out there, Christina. <laughs> this movie was directed by Jordan Barker. He's also done such works as Torment from 2013, mm-hmm. Duress from 2009 mm-hmm. the marsh from 26 2006 mm-hmm. and my brother 2006. <laughs> 2006 2006 2006 i was just trying to you know spice it up a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and he also did my brother's keeper i have you, i don't know what that movie is but that's it like sounds his creepy i remember i remember movie. they did this prank where they had this guy cleaning up a house and it was like yeah this guy moved out and there was like blood on the wall and it <laughs> said my brother's keeper i am my brother's keeper <laughs> oh that's so creepy and then he came out of the wall to like kill the guy and he was like oh my god anyway <laughs> that's the brother's keeper yeah. <laughs> all right this is written by christopher Borelli, who has also written the Vatican tapes. I think we've seen that. Um, Eloise from 2016. And he also wrote a movie called Whisper. This movie stars Hannah Kosolka, who plays Jill. Um, she she was on the first season of The Exorcist. Yes, I heard about that. Yes. I heard her talking about that. Yeah. Yes, she played the daughter, Casey. I, I love that show. That's where I recognize her from. Okay. Um, she's also done some TV movies like The Cheerleader Murders and The Art of the Deal. Yes, The Art of the Deal, the Donald Trump story. Hmm. <laughs> this also stars Craig Arnold, who plays Derek. He was on Impulse, the TV show, Wet Bum from 2014, and Anxietyville from 2015. Okay. Also stars, okay, there's a lot of stars in this, but I think it's important we go through them really quick. Okay. So I'm going to go quicker. Uh, Sasha Clements, who plays Allison, she was in the show Majority Roles, straight from A to Triple X. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, and she's acted in shows like Grassy and some other Disney shows. Also stars Coben Blue, who plays Philip. He's also another Disney alumni. And he's been in High School Musical, Monkey's Paw from 2013, Scary or Die, which is a clown movie from 2012. That Scary or Die movie that you just mentioned uh-huh. is the one where I think Eli Roth was like, I think, ripped off the concept from Scary or Die. Really? For clown. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Or whoever wrote Clown. Scary or Die? Scary or Die had that a short in this anthology where oh, Eli okay. Roth produced the movie Clown. I, I can't remember if he directed it or not, but somebody, I feel like, borrowed it from that story. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. He was also in Mystery Men from 1999, which we have talked about watching recently. He was a kid in that movie. Um, Alexander D. Jordan, who plays Maddie, he was in 12, 12 Dates of Christmas and an interesting short film called Tick. Humberly Gonzalez, who plays Brie, she was in a movie called Trapped, the Alex Cooper story, which is actually on my uh, Hulu queue to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killer High, an orphan black show, uh, and Shadow Hunters. Ian Matthews, who plays John, the local. He was in Death Wish from 2018. He was also on the Orphan Black Show and in The Conspiracy from 2012. And he's played a lot of one-offs from shows. I couldn't find a budget for this movie. Okay. Could you? No. And what are your thoughts about witchers, witches in the woods? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, we saw the trailer together at the same time. Mm-hmm. I remember because we were like... We Searching went, for a movie. Yeah, we were just like looking through new releases and looking for new horror to kind of watch and like get us to like want to watch something. We got some other stuff in the pipeline that we're going to be doing uh, for the YouTube channel. I tend to do a lot of the newer horror movies on YouTube. So if you guys haven't followed that, you really should. Um, <laughs> because like I could use the support. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> a little plug. Pl- well, right I mean, then? if you enjoy no, this podcast, you will enjoy the fucking right. you know, reviews. So. But we saw the trailer kind of on a whim, decided to check it out. The trailer got us interested, but the story pretty much let us down by the end of the movie. By the end? Yeah. If you're you're hoping for like a supernatural movie to delight in, then you will be disappointed. That's all I'll say. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to spoil it for you. And that is kind of spoilery a little bit. I think we should just spoil it. (laughs) This is going to be a tough review for me without spoilers, but here goes. So... The acting is average to, you know, fine. I wasn't bothered by it. I could tolerate it. It didn't seem like they did a good job. You know, it takes a lot for a lot of people, like a group of kids, to make it seem like fluid. And I think they did an okay job. I don't think Mm -hmm. there was anything wrong with it. It wasn't like amazing writing, so it didn't really let them shine, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Even some of the very tropey storyline where they lead through, lead the, the viewer you know, it's it starts to unfold pretty slow, too, and not in the great way, personally. Like, I think we were, like, halfway through the movie, and we're like, okay, finally, right. something. It's like, yeah, it was, I don't know. I don't want to be too critical on this. I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything like that, but I just, nothing really engaged me. Then, you know, what what makes me lose my interest is, like, if, if you're tropey and you don't show me delights, Right off the bat, then I will focus on nothing but the tropes. Right. And not the fucking delights. Now, what I mean by delights could be gore, could be like weird segments or weird moments or whatever to really kind of flex the the filmmaking style. It just didn't have that. Mm -hmm. It's just this story that you felt like you've been down that road many times before, unfortunately. It's a horror movie for sure. But it felt a little like a typical one. So, like, I've seen this movie before, and I know where it's going already. Oh, like, they're going to go do that. Ah, yes, this person will die. Why would they do that? Oh, they're going to die. Right. Typical situations, which if if it had been a tongue-in-cheek sort of movie, I might have been all right with that idea and concept. But this one, it just kind of sort of plays it straight. 
while getting me excited for it to unleash on the screen and then just kind of leaving me with viewers blue balls by the end. (laughs) That's the best way to describe it. Right. Maybe it's just me, but I was hoping that this movie was going to be what it wasn't, (laughs) (laughs) which isn't really the movie's fault, but. You know, maybe just a preference for me, but that is a factor in my enjoyment and where the trailer led me to believe that it was going to be. It's as if, you know, we're being led to believe that it's one thing and then it takes you somewhere else, which, you know, I've seen done before. And, you know, like they do in that movie Dark Encounter, the alien movie. Right. That's a good movie. They do a really cool twist in there, but the payoff has to be exquisite. Like it has to be really good. Right. For you to go, oh, okay, I like that idea. This one, unfortunately, made me feel duped. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, it's not necessarily the movie's fault for that, but for my personal interest, yeah. You know, it's got a it's got a few kills or at least one scene of gore. Right. That's about it. I just felt like it had I'd seen it before and the end kind of upset me like a lot. Like I was kind right. of disappointed. I was really disappointed. Um, because I was like hoping this movie would be what it said it was <laughs> and it all kind of makes sense as to why it ends up the way it does without spoiling it. But why, <laughs> like, like, why did you tell me this was going to be Disneyland? Take me to a four hour drive to a fucking abandoned, rustin burned down fucking playground <laughs> and say, Hey, Disneyland. <laughs> You know what I mean? But I'd say, you know, just, you know, to be nice, I would say four out of 10 for my personal tastes. I think other people may enjoy it more than me, but I was looking for a supernatural romp. Yeah, no. And I think some people may go, oh, it's just an average film or maybe a six. Right. If they're cool with that. If they don't like supernatural, maybe they'll like it more than than I did. Mm -hmm. But I like supernatural. I wanted supernatural. (laughs) It's just not for me. Right. So I didn't hate it, but it's not for much for me to want to come back and watch it again. Mm-hmm. So that's why I give it a four. And I think I'm being nice about that. Mm-hmm. What about you? I hated it. <laughs> really? I don't even think th- I think we should spoil it because there's nothing really. Well, you better just it. Like, I'm not let going the- to. I'm not going to. I'm OK, just- if you're going to spoil it, you better let them know. That's all I'm saying. OK, but I do think this movie should have been called The Witches of Tropeville because <laughs> this movie was just I've seen this movie like a million times. Right. And it sucks because there's good elements in it. Right. There's good things in it. Yeah. And they could have really expanded on some of the things. But when we, like you said, when we saw the trailer, I did want to see this because I fear snow and woods. It's like two of my greatest fears. They make it seem but, like you're going in for this, like, oh, we're going to really unleash something on you. And then it's like, yeah, ha, ha, look, uh, no. look, it's a box of empty photos. No. I took pictures of the wall. Neat. Thanks. <laughs> um, The plot was so sorry guys i'm sorry if you're listening and you made this movie i apologize it's just you led me (laughs) i wanted it to be so much more than it was Mm -hmm. anyway i'm sorry (laughs) i just Um, sound like an asshole and i'm not an asshole don't worry about it i want to make movies but i just wouldn't do it that way the the plot was so gut-wrenchingly tropey like and again i've felt like i've seen this movie a hundred times and it was really slow getting started. It was like really slow. There and was a couple of surprises. It's just we were surprised that they would have picked that way rather than the interesting way. I felt there were too many characters and there were too many side stories. Yeah. Like and all the characters had like this stupid, these stupid side stories. Well, they went for the fucking classic fucking 
road trip fucking friends dual relationships going on between a triangle of fucking love triangle going on. That's the fucking tropey thing that they always throw in right. horror movies. Right. Like, oh, someone's else is banging somebody else in the car. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah, really? Do you really have to do that? Does it even need that? Right. But yeah, I know why they did it because they wanted to, oh, make you question. Like, oh, well, this is why they're doing that or this is why this is happening. I get it. Anyway, I don't mean to cut you off. I just feel bad. I did feel I did feel the tension between the characters. Um, I, And what I what really pissed me off about this movie is that all those actors are so good. Like those are like accomplished actors. They made it work. And they had some like, a, yeah. And the, the plot of the movie was just wasted on their talent. I think, so I gave uh, it I gave it a three out of ten. Three out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I'm probably a little bit more forgiving than you are, so that makes kind of yeah, make sense. Yeah, that's probably why. So a 3.5 between the two of us out and of 10. And that 3 is just because of those actors. Mm, yeah, it's the story that really, unfortunately, lacks. And you know what? You know, I don't know, whatever kind of interests other people, but just seeing so many movies, and you've seen this like movie before, and, and the, the big uh, twist... Is so, isn't really isn't it's it's not that it isn't a twist. It's that the twist isn't interesting. Yeah, <laughs> like they didn't push the button hard enough on that twist and like really go for it and explain it. It was just like, oh yeah, it's this thing, right? And it's like, ah, I did a twist. So you like it, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think there's potential there. I think the actors and and the direction was good. Like everything was shot well. I just the story really just lost me. And I knew where every character was going to end up for the most part. I was hoping that it was going to go further than it was. The trailer, I thought, was like, I was like, oh, cool. They didn't show everything in this trailer. Well, no, they did. They did. <laughs> Can I say there's no witches in the woods? <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Or is there? Is there witches, Pristina? Anyway, guys, so we're going to go ahead and jump into our spoiler section on this. Um, if you don't want anything spoiled, I mean, you know, your, your, your mileage may be different than ours, but personally, I just, I can't recommend this film, unfortunately. I wish that I could. I see potential there, but, uh, you know, view at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, maybe if you're into the non supernatural, maybe you'll be into that. Um, so. We are in our spoilers and trivia section, so you have been warned. Okay, so this movie was shot in Sudbury, Canada, not the other one. Oh, okay. It only snows in Canada, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's the one where Kyle, I thought, you know, lived. But they shot this uh, in 21 days. It was supposed to take place, of course, in New England. Uh, the director of this movie has actually acted before, but he's not a fan of, of acting. He kind of just did it as sort of like learning the ropes, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? To kind of like see how the, the business works. Right. Kind of like in Better Call Saul, he <laughs> works the mailroom, you know? Right. Like Not that the, the acting is like peeing in a mailroom, <laughs> <laughs> but I just mean you get a, get a better understanding of a business by working from the ground up. Right. And so that's why he did it. So he says he hates it when he acts. He just feels weird. It's awkward. Uh-huh. But I thought it was interesting that he, you know, wanted to experience it all. Mm-hmm. 
The lead actress, Hannah, who plays Jill, said that she wasn't really a horror fan before this, but she, you know, she'd never seen like The Exorcist and stuff like that. But she really feels that horror is like a really great way to express ideas that you can't get in other genres. So you can kind of have this other message that's kind of hidden behind all this gore and crazy stuff. And I think she's I think she's right. I think it's cool. huh? Oh, so what's the message of this movie? Well, I think she just means like other issues in general. Like, I don't know if she was talking about this movie in particular. Like all the side story issues. Yeah. Just like you can have a message inside of of this gore, which seems like it has no point whatsoever to the average viewer. Right. But you actually have some, some real context in horror that can be the perfect conduit or the perfect delivery system to express that message without like going, hey, it's this. Right. It's this. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like really explaining it to people, which I I agree with her on. I thought it was pretty cool considering that she's become a horror fan because of this movie and Mm -hmm. these experiences. But she also said that they had a snow day where she was like, because it was really cold what they were, where they were shooting and everything like that. And they were like trying to mentally prep for it. And she was like, oh my God, there's so much snow on the ground. She's like, okay, we're going to fucking go out there and we're going to fucking shoot in the snow and we're going to get ready. And she said they called it, they called it off that day so they had like a snow day together at the hotel <laughs> so all of them like kind of hung out and partied and stuff and like uh-huh. had fun together and it kind of like added to the chemistry of the whole uh-huh. film so i thought that well, was cool. cool the director also got pneumonia on this set as well oh. he had two days off while shooting on a 20 21 day shoot oh. so yeah oh, that really that fucks good. things yeah, up yeah totally i wonder if he had like the second director Oh, to, you know, fill in stuff, some stuff. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, pneumonia is no joke. No. I mean, really, two days ain't shit. Right. And you're out in the middle of fucking cold. It's right. not exactly like. Yeah. Getting better weather. Yeah. Like so. But he jumped back in because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it takes. I thought that's pretty admirable. Appreciate that. So, um, but that's pretty much it for the trivia. I mean, that's all I really have on that. We have a couple of scenes that we want to bring up to kind of like either explain to you guys if you are willing to listen this far, if you haven't, didn't want to go see the movie. If you have seen the movie, this will probably be some self identification of what you felt in the movie, maybe. But, um, what is the first thing that caught your attention in this movie? That opening shot when they're in the car. Oh, the camera. Yes. It, it, Very cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I had to explain it to her. I was like, do you know how they did that shot? I was like, I was like, it's a really cool shot. Yeah. Um, they do this camera shot where they spin the camera around the, the, the whole cabin of the, of this SUV twice. Mm-hmm. And it's in like one shot. Yeah. in one shot. And so they all act, which you have to give them credit. Oh yeah. That's like coordination. They did really good there. Like I will, I do give them props for that because that is not an easy fucking shot. And I wonder how many times they did it. You could tell they were going really slow down the road, but they had it on one of those fucking, those balancing things like a, so that they could kind of make it smooth. Mm -hmm. But you could tell it was good. Yeah. That was a good, that's a good thing that you pointed out. That was the best thing in the movie. So they end up at a gas station. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, the trope. Oh, the trope. The first trope. Well, they don't ask him for any information. They don't ask anybody for any information there, do they? What do you mean? The trope is they go to a gas station to ask about where to go. Oh, no. They stop to go to the bathroom and get snacks. But the point is they stopped at a gas station and crazy local. So he, the local has a dead bear in his uh 
back trunk thing. Right. Which plays into something in the end later. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. And so Jill goes over there and starts giving him shit, her millennial ass. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> how dare you fucking, couldn't you put it out of its misery or something like that? <laughs> and he's like, a dead bear is a dead bear, right? <laughs> he's like, what does it matter if they're out there disemboweling people yeah it should be hibernating or something like that. yeah that's what she said she was like isn't it hibernating why are you going out there and just killing bears and shit and and he was like it's so funny because like she's giving him this like big old speech and then of course spoiler alert by the end of the movie you find out she's the killer and Mm -hmm. she's killed everybody Mm -hmm. because she thinks there's witches in the woods right and it's like and then he stumbles upon them and is like, you better back the fuck up. You just killed your friend, bitch. I'm going to fucking shoot you. I'll put one right through your chest. Why, why would you <laughs> so do weird. this? Anyway. And they got the idea about the witches in the woods because Denise, one the of the other Stoughton girls. witches. Yeah. She pulled a pamphlet and she was reading the pamphlet to him in the car about the this this story about how these witches, it, it was the offset of Salem or something, the underground Salem or whatever in that area. Right, Whatever. which they also kind of play with with this other character, this girl named Allie, who apparently is some rape victim in the story, which doesn't really make any sense because they didn't really kind of like talk about she it. She was raped by like a football team. Right. And one of the, the two of those guys were on the football team. One of them wasn't there. The other guy was. See, it's just it's just fucking bolt like it. It's bullshit. Well, Allie's in the bathroom sort of losing it and uh, like seeing shit and visions and going crazy. And then they tell the story of the Stoughton witches and how they were all like in this pamphlet. It talks about like how these witches, you know, went crazy. And then this priest found them guilty of being fucking witches because they were losing their minds and blah 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 and that evil possessed them or something like that so they burned them alive Mm -hmm. and so these other women start losing their minds and like you know they're possessed right they're possessed by the witches but you find out that it's it could be or it couldn't be witches but there is no real sense of witches in this just a curse or something and you know what they did have to stop at that gas station and get directions because the road was closed did they? I, I don't forget remember. What, I forget what. But that is a trope. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Going to the gas station to get yep. directions is always a fucking horror trope. And then the next trope is, oh, hey, I know a shortcut. Right. And that's when they get in trouble. Right. They did that. And then, of course, nobody listens to the guy who says the sense we should go back. So they go forward. Right. Which is, you know, like, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm being hypercritical about that. but I'm not. <laughs> it kind of bothers me when you've seen so many movies with that in it and we're we're talking about 2020 now yeah. like okay maybe we shouldn't be doing that i don't know in this age you know maybe we should mix it up a little bit mm-hmm. kind of throw people i see i like that when they take you down that tropey lane and they're like nah we got you you thought that it was going to be this cabin in the woods yeah like well yeah, yeah i guess that's one of yeah so then they go out they get stuck in the middle of nowhere Of course, like the girl who's losing her mind and everybody keeps thinking she's like acting really weird is going to go walk off with some other guy who led them out down the wrong path because he feels guilty of taking him down this wrong path. So he and the girl that shouldn't be moving around because she's obviously losing her mind decide to go walk out in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night and sub below degrees (laughs) to get help, to get help, which is just obviously a shit idea, but somebody has got to do something. So it kind of makes sense. But then she comes back without the guy who's the brother of this other guy. And and she's got blood all over her face. So they're like, oh, then what happened? 
And it's like, where's that blood from? Yeah. Where did that blood so from you think from? Allie's possessed this whole fucking time. She's like right. gurgling, making weird noises. Yeah, she started having a fucking seizure in the car. She started foaming in the mouth. And then she bit that bitch's finger. Yeah, that she bit Denise's that finger. That was kind of cool. The brother of the guy that she supposedly killed. Right. She and, bit her finger. And then she backs up and pokes a fucking um, the, ski stick. Yeah, the end of the ski stick. Ski stick? I said C stick. (laughs) The ski Ski stick stick. sticks in the back of her neck because she jerks her head back because her fingers are getting bit off. Mm -hmm. And you see her fingers. They look pretty cool. It looks like a really good gore scene. But I don't know. It's just all these like weird elements. Like I can appreciate that they were trying to go for a lot of things happening to kind of make you question what was really going on. But it's like it doesn't make any sense that Allie is possessed or not possessed. Right. And then her friend kills her by the ugh. Ugh, I know I was just so over it by the end. I was like, okay, like that that moment where she gets her fingers bit, I was like, okay. Yeah. This now we're good. here. Yeah. Now this movie can really take off. No, no, it doesn't. And that sucks. <laughs> and of course, Jill is defending Allie because like Allie is like her traumatized. She's been pet project where yeah. she's like taking care of the wounded friend to make herself feel better. Trope. Trope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should do a shot every time there's a trope. <laughs> You're just misunderstanding her. Blah, blah, blah. But the brother goes out in the wilderness and like tries to find her and steps on one of the traps, which is silly. We don't even know how he died. Yeah. They didn't explain that at all. Then they all start fighting and arguing in the car, essentially trying to kill themselves, which is where I caught on to like, oh, well, it's not really a demon, is it? They're just out killing themselves because they're uh, scared of fear and they've built this thing in their head about witches. And so, but they didn't, that's the thing. Like that would have made so much more of a point if they led it to that. Yeah. But they didn't. They just assumed that you think that. And then try to play on your own mind, which is cool. But if you would have really pushed that witchy behavior a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too critical on this. I don't think you are at all. I really wanted to see a movie about witches. Yeah, I did too. It's called Witches in the Woods. Yeah, which is like, it's like they kind of like a wink and a nod, like at the end, like, well, maybe there was. (gasps) Oh, But yeah, like people start dying off because of each other at this point. And there's, I'm thinking to myself, like, there ain't witches in these woods. (laughs) There ain't no witches. They're just witchy behavior. And then didn't the local, so the local showed up. Uh, No, the the bear hunter guy. Yeah, the local guy. He saw that they broke through this chain to take the side thing and then goes out there driving down that road. <clears throat> and and later that night stumbles upon Allie and Jill. Jill's trying to kill her with a ski spike mm-hmm. or stick, you know, and she stabs her in the chest and it's very clearly Allie's fine, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. Nope. And, and then Jill's like, wait, I thought she was a witch. And it's like, wait, we haven't even been talking about witches yeah, for 40 for, minutes. Exactly. Like nobody's talked about witches and you just assumed and then the guy's like, you better step the fuck away. I, I'm going to fucking put one right through you or something like that. And then the police show up and then they're like, he's like, cops like, well, what happened? And she's sitting in the back and she's like, I thought she was possessed. He's like, what on earth would make you think that she was possessed? <laughs> and she's like, they told me, I, I don't know. And then she stares into the credits. It's almost kind of like a smirk and a smile. Yeah. Like she knew. And I'm like, oh, oh stupid. Oh, turn it off. No, 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 no. Right. It just didn't lead to anything. And that's what Nothing. kind of upset me about this movie. 
Me too. It's bad. I'm sorry, guys. It. I'm sorry. I love you. I, I love creative people. I just think this is not your best one. No. You got better stuff in the pipeline. Hopefully this is just a stepping stone. Right. I just, it, I feel like it could have just been so much. There could, Maybe there was some financial issue that they couldn't do witches in the woods or cause people to go crazy, but they could have been so artistic and it was so humdrum, like average and below that, you know. I would like to see a family going into a woods, same scenario, and then there'd be some witches and they possess the kid that would have been more interesting um hell yeah i'm i mean i like these teenage college kid tropey type of movies but i'm sick of yeah them. everybody wants to see fucking yeah. college kids get fucking torn apart we, yeah, we no, appreciate we, that yeah and i appreciate when people go crazy but you gotta it feels like they needed to push it a little bit more on like the crazy part like getting right. the heads of the people more than just show it Right. You know what I mean? Like to really, you got to be really heavy on the dialogue to really get to that point. Was it just the, the girls that were crazy? I mean, it makes sense to me. That's how it is in real life, right? <laughs> Shut up. Har, har, har. Har, har, har. Just kidding. But what do you guys think? I mean, have you seen the movies? Have you seen these movies? Have you seen Devil's Pass? Have you seen uh, the witches in our uh, witches in the woods? Christina keeps calling it Witcher in the woods. <laughs> Witcher in the woods. I'm I like, don't know what why. are we? What are we tossing coins? It sounds. It does sound cooler. Toss a coin stop, to your stop. witcher. No, no, done. Shut it down. <laughs> but what do you guys think? Like, what do you think of these movies? Do you think we're being too harsh on any? Uh, do you think we're being too kind to others? Like, I mean, what do you think? Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tolerant on most uh, movies. I'm like actually pretty understanding about a lot of things. But like, if you are tropey, you really got to bring it home on the end. You know, like you really got to knock me out of the fucking park and like blow my mind if you're going to be tropey all the way to the end of some movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But other movies, it's just like, you know, it could be interesting. Kind of, You know what the uh, Devil's Pass kind of reminded me of, by the way, hmm. is what was it? Dark Encounters? Yes, part two. Oh, part two. Like, where it has, like, a really rich story to it, but it's not, like, perfect. Uh It's not scarier, necessarily. It's just kind of interesting. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's just one of those things, you know? Like, I I really like the concept. Right. But, you know, it's not perfect, but... Uh, I don't know. I would love to hear what you guys think down in the comment section down below on any of our social media, on our actual episode posts or on the YouTubes. Wherever you're listening, please do share that with somebody that you know, because your support is really what keeps us going. And uh, finding new people really means a lot to us. So thank you guys for helping us out and listening every week. You guys are the best. We fucking love you. We don't know what we're going to do next week yet. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We noticed that, like, when we tell you guys early, we're like, oh. Then uh, we change our minds. We change our minds. So I'm like, I, that's what's happened to me over the years. I'm like, oh, I'm just not in the mood for that now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we'll find something new or old or something, a mixture of the two and kind of mm-hmm. make something uh, fun for you. But I want to try to pick some movies that maybe I've seen, one that I've seen and one that I haven't. You know, That's a to, good kind, idea. to kind of mix it up so that it's like we get a little bit of both worlds, mm-hmm. you know, new, old, somewhere mm-hmm. in between. So, but yeah, guys, we will be back for another episode of Beyond the Void Horror podcast. But uh, we hope to see you next time. And as always, the Void. Tune in every Monday for a brand new episode.
episode.